0: Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 236 and a half express. That's right, and a half express. Because Cold Coffee and I are going to have to leave for the airport in about five hours or so. Uh, so uh, a, a little bit of sleep would be appreciated, and uh, we still got to finish packing that sort of thing. We've, we're kind of up against it, but uh, listen, USC 243 is in the books. We were both in the building here in Melbourne, Australia, and. Uh, we couldn't get away without talking a little bit about it because Cold Coffee, um, I, I, I know that you watch the fights from the press room, so it's a little bit different feel um, than being there in the building, especially when we're talking about a, a big building like that, apparently mm-hmm. 57,000 people. I don't know if I believe that 100%, but that's the number that's being given to us, so that's the number we'll go with. Uh, it was busy, but listen... I feel like we watched something special tonight, man. We have watched the meteoric rise of Israel Adesanya, and we have said all along that the kid is dripping with star quality. He's dripping with that X factor. He's Hollywood now. He's Hollywood. But, man, did he go out there and execute every aspect of the game? I mean, let's start with the walk-in. The walk-in was over-the-top crazy. That is the wildest walk-in. Now, I mean – If we want to go back to, like, the Pride days and things like that when things were a little bit more over the top, okay. But as far as the modern era of MMA goes, a walk-in like that, I don't don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I mean, especially for him to be taking part in a choreographed dance. And, Mm. uh, man, it's just – and as he was walking in, I I will admit, the first thing I thought was, if this dude loses, (laughs) he is going to get blasted so bad for this walkout. But you know what? It was it was entertaining. It was it was very, very entertaining, mm-hmm. and, he, and he puts himself out there. That's what he always does. And he didn't lose. And he didn't lose. The fight itself was phenomenal. Uh, listen, Robert Whitaker was, was aggressive. He was trying to take it to him early. I didn't think Whitaker looked bad. I mean, I think we all thought the early part of the fight would be the most difficult for Robert Whitaker, you know, getting the timing down. I didn't think he was doing bad. Uh, In fact, I thought he was winning that opening round. That said, I don't feel like Israel Adesanya was ever in any trouble. I just felt like it was a round that Whitaker was winning. And, of course, then the uppercut drops Robert Whitaker right at the bell. Crazy little scene there because cage side, we couldn't hear any horn or bell or or anything like that. So uh, I, I didn't think the fight was over. It didn't look to me like that would be enough to end the fight. But it was one of those weird moments where it wasn't clear. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Robert Whittaker recovers well enough, uh, but it doesn't matter because Israel Adesanya comes out in that second round and just absolutely starches him. Uh, beautiful finish there. Then, so, we, so he kills the pre-fight walkout. He kills the fight itself. And then he scales the cage to make sure that he's flipping off Bohashinya, Paulo Costa. He's yelling at him a little bit, already setting up the next fight, which to me is absolutely the fight to make, the undefeated champion versus the undefeated challenger. You know, they've had a little heat this week overall. It's kind of building up a little bit. Um, but stylistically, the differences between them, and, and again, the buildup will be there. It's just clearly the fight to make. So we killed the post-fight, too. Israel Adesanya did absolutely everything right tonight.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. You know, it's funny, going back to the fight, uh, and Robert kind of addressed it in the post-fight. And something I was noticing when it was going on is he was so aggressive. In the beginning, he kept lunging. He kept lunging to try to hit him with that left, mm-hmm. you know, to try to close that distance. And the whole time I was in the back, I was like, dude, he's got to watch that, man. He's he's over. He's overdoing it. And that, all it's going to take is, is he just getting that timing down on that because Rob was doing it every time to try to close that distance. He was lunging in with that jab, and then it was like a little bit of a hook. Um <clears throat> but leading up to this, you know, uh, you know, everything that Rob has been through with the past fights, you know, with uh Romero and then pulling it out all these big, you know, sort of gut-wrenching fights, you know, I I picked him as well. I was like, you know, it's going to be too much, you know, his power is going to be too much. But Izzy did a really good job of just kind of laying back and letting it come to him. You know, he he, he picked it right, you know. They were p- planning on Rob being aggressive, letting having the crowd sort of drive him forward. And that's what you saw, you know. You saw him stay cool and calm, and kind of pick his shots, wait for Rob to come forward, and then look for those counters. And it was one of those counters that kind of dropped him. And and like you said, he recovered well enough. But you know, you always wonder how much uh, he did fully recover. Yeah,
0: because he staggered a few times in the second round. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was it was it was rough. And and again, we didn't hear the same thing. It happened so quick. But it wasn't until they played the replay. After they were talking about that, you could hear it, you right. know. But in the in the action, when it was going, because even in the press room, the crowd was so loud uh, that it was kind of bleeding
0: into it. Yeah, because the press room was set up stuff. basically just on the outskirts of the of the stadium, basically yeah. right there on the concourse. So I'm sure you guys yeah, were just getting right the behind in. some seats. You yeah.
1: Know? So I mean, it was probably thirty yards from. The, the closest spectator, you know, right. which normally we're a lot further and we're sometimes down below, and another mm-hmm. one. But again, the way that this place was built, you know, it's kind of built on some underground parking lot and it was kind of built uh, up from the water, you know, so right. there's not a lot of extra space that they can have for the typical areas that we typically have media rooms back in the States. Um, but it was great, man. Izzy, it was a, an incredible performance, you know, and, uh, you know, again, like you said, I mean, he came out there and it was, it was a little surprising. And while I was trying to – usually while the, the walk-ins and stuff is going and I'm working on um, edits and stuff trying to keep up, you know, at that point, um, a PR person from uh, the UFC and one of the ops people um, – that helps run the venue were like, Kenny, you need to watch this. They tipped you off. huh? Yeah. They're like, they you have to you watch off. this. And I, and I watched the little part when the guys came out and did their little sort of hip hop, haka, whatever sort of thing. <laughs> and that's <this laughs> a is great be, way to put it. You know, and this is before Izzy ran out. So I was like, okay, that's it. You know, and I started looking down They're like, no, 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 it's not done yet. It's not done yet. There's more. And I was like, okay. So then I looked back up, and then that's when Izzy came through the tunnel and joined him and then did the the, synch, uh, the synchronized dance moves and stuff. And then I kept looking around, I was like, is it done now? Is it done now? <laughs> I, I, kinda, I was like, that was cool. And I was like, okay, well, let me go back to work. But, uh, yeah, I guess uh, he had came and practiced it multiple times, uh, the whole kit and caboodle, you know, of walking that and then walking out like he said he said he walked out like four times it could have been even more but they said that uh you know a lot of times they do the the rehearsals that's usually like the the day of they'll do the rehearsals but this i think from according to what izzy said he did it the night before um they did the walk through but he did the whole thing you know they came out did the thing and he walked the full length of the walkway into the octagon and did it multiple times to try to do it so you know uh I love that uh, sort of cerebral side to it. You know, you hear a lot of guys talk about it and and a lot of it just sounds like I'm just talking, you know, they're just talking to hype it up, you know. But uh, Izzy takes this shit uh, serious, this whole sort of mental, I don't want to call it metaphysical because I love the way he uses it and sort of anime terms like it literally is playing out anime in his head you know and uh, he's just like living in a game you know right. so when he goes through these things you know he, he dives into this library of all the stuff that he's watched or read and all the, the manga and all the you know anime that he's watching and then he just he allows himself to flow like these characters that uh, for all purposes you know tend to not confine themselves to just regular uh beings that just do the day-to-day things they're they're practically like the naruto and all these guys that he loves doing are practically have superpowers you know and so when he goes out there and he's done the infinity glove and he was out there and he was throwing signs down he was summoning shit you know and i like that when he was doing some of the different little hand movements and then the teammate behind him kind of went with it you know he literally uh psychs himself into this thing he visualizes it over and over, and then he just makes it happen. And, you know, the other person that we've seen do the whole visualization and then make it happen like this is Connor, you know?
0: It is so crazy because it sounds – I mean, it's just – I've said it all week. It's a loaded comparison to, to compare anybody to Connor McGregor, you know what I mean? To throw that name out there, to evoke that name, because Connor is the biggest star in the history of the sport. He did incredible things, you know, in his rise. But you're right. I mean, take all the – the, the craziness that's happened like post Floyd Mayweather yep. out of it, but just go back to the glory days of Connor saying these things and them coming true, you know, and him performing, him not freezing up on a, on a stage, but actually delivering even better when the spotlight is brighter. I mean, that is Israel Adesanya. And, you know, it's, it's funny all the, you're rattling off the anime names, uh, I assure you, I have no idea what those are. But I'm playing a lot of it. And I knew you wouldn't know what Death Note was. I (laughs) knew you weren't going to hold
1: it. I I raised my hand. I seen that one. I was going to ask you (laughs) that.
0: How cool was that? Because I saw that little, you know, what he was writing. uh, You know, he was doing, you know, uh, I guess pantomiming that he's writing something in a book. And um, I I was going to ask him about it in the post-fight press conference. But... Can he do it
1: before the fight or after? Before
0: the fight, yeah, Yeah, as Bruce Buffer was introducing him. And I was going to ask him about it, but uh, Casper from Submission Radio had asked me if he could please lead off the press conference, and I told him that would be fine. He went... So
1: many questions on
0: the same thing. Did I you see like,
1: Brian look over at him like, bro, come on. Like, I know. And then they wanted to grab some more at the very end. I was like, bro, you asked him nine questions <laughs> to start
0: it off. <laughs> that's a, hey, Casper asked, and I let him do it, and that's the last time I ever let him do it. It, was, but, uh, it really uh, long. But he did ask him about that, and, he, and, he, and I thought that was cool. He said he was writing his name in the, in the, the death book, right? The book of death? The death yeah, book?
1: The, yeah, the death note. The death uh, note. It, well, the show's death note. I forget what they call the actual book, but – You write these names, and then this demon comes, you know, and like pretty much kills them. That's crazy. Takes their soul or whatever.
0: Unbelievable. But listen, I mean, so all the, I mean, to to do that walk in, takes. Balls, man, and I know a lot of people probably you know might not like Israel Adesanya because of things like that. I mean, heck, he got quite a, a, a bit of booze in there tonight, you know. And I don't, and I don't well, think I mean, it was
1: that goes to the weigh-in. I mean, look yeah. at the weigh-in; it was dead silent, and he got some booze from that. So I don't think the booze per se were anything to do with the walk-in because I think they were all. To, I think those I fans think actually were just appreciated. Whittaker. They were just supporting Whitaker. Yeah. That's all it was. I mean, like even I watched it. I mean, it would have been one thing if it came and. Uh, was super cheesy, and it kind of was a little bit cheesy, but they all had their timing down, and you could tell that the guys had uh, had dance moves, had dance timing. And when he came out and did the thing, and they, he was doing some of the little popping, it was hitting. And I was like, dude, well done. And I agree.
0: Mean, like, it so. adds character. It adds fun to it. I mean, this is entertainment along with sport. and So, God, yeah. I, I, I applaud it. I, too, yeah. thought at first I was like, this is a little cheesy. But at the same time, I was like – it is pretty cool to add some flavor, to add some yeah. character. And especially cheesy, but for him it was to, fun. But he it did was fun. It, it
1: did well. I mean, listen, if everybody walks out with their brows furrowed, you know, and just to use his words, pounding his chest like his opponent and all this other stuff, it's going to get all pretty lame really fucking quick. Right. you know. So I think that, the, you know, it's not that you need to have every person now coming out trying to come out to a full dance routine and trying to do <laughs> it because not everybody is going to be allowed to do that. But, you know, having a little bit of personality is never a bad thing. I agree. You know, so. And it would have, if he didn't pull it off so well, it would have probably backfired and would have seemed really cheesy and really sort of like just wonky. But, and if he would have lost, then they would have been like, oh, dude, why didn't you get, you know, keep your head in the game. But it just plays out even better now because he did get a spectacular win. And to, uh, you know, he had his timing. It looked good. It was whatever. I mean, and
0: it's fun. It was fun. It's fun. And then the performance <laughs> itself, man. You mentioned it. You know, just how relaxed and composed he stays. You know, he doesn't force anything. He doesn't, uh, as you said, Whitaker, man. It, man, I thought Whitaker was throwing everything with full power, man. He was exerting himself and reaching right from
1: the get go. Right yeah.
0: from the start. And and Adesanya just stays so composed and calm and relaxed and picks his shots and it's it's uh you know it's the, the, the cliche or whatever that he says he, what is i don't throw in hope i aim and fire and it but it's true his accuracy is just the precision is there and the finish was deadly i mean had had the first round gone a few more seconds i mean he would he i have no doubt if, if that fight would have you know, gone ten more seconds in that first round, uh, he, he probably would have finished it there. So uh, and he even admitted afterwards maybe he made a little mistake, you know, he didn't pounce right away, probably would've run out of time anyway. Um
1: but, but it was good. I mean we gave him credit for that and, and actually the commentators gave him credit for that was you know, they were like, Oh good on him for not doing it. So it seems like he didn't really even think about it. Maybe he partially did think about it. Right. You know, as for why he stopped but if he's doubting it now, he's like, Oh, next time I'm not gonna do that. Well, there goes what people were just giving you credit for was being the better man and right. being the bigger man and realizing that, hey, you know, your opponent's done. But the fact that he didn't really hear the bell and was just like, whatever, uh, I don't know. It was cool, though. I mean, um, boy, it was it was a near-perfect uh, performance on his
0: part. It was, and, and on a stage like that, a stadium... Uh, you know, this event that everybody was saying was a little thin, and it probably was, but, I mean, you had this spectacular moment. I can't imagine that anybody walked out of there tonight and didn't feel like, man, I got my money's worth. I got a show, you know, even just for the main event alone. I mean, I think the card was fun, but even the main event alone was just – I think it was a special night, man. I think it's a kind of night where we're going to look back and be like, man, you remember that night Israel Adesanya did that? I mean, it just, you know, destroyed Robert Whitaker – and yep. then everything else that went along with it, the pre-fight, the post-fight, everything he did was amazing. Robert Whitaker came and did did do the press conference afterwards, which was good. You know, the last time we saw a devastating loss in the main event at that stadium, of course, it was Ronda Rousing. She didn't show up and do the press conference. And, man, that was – not that Robert Whitaker's is in any danger of, you know, having his career turn around like Ronda's did that night. But, um, I, you know, I just – I thought that was the beginning of the end for Ronda. It was bad. And, and I'm, I'm, I mean, Whitaker – just came in there and, and handled himself with, with dignity, with class. Um, certainly upset, frustrated, you know, sad. Yeah. Um, but said, listen, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. It is funny. You know, he's actually the younger guy out of the two. He's 28, Adesanya's 30. He said, look, I'm still a young guy. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be back. You know, I, I'd i like to work my way back to Adesanya at some point. Um, you know, whether or not that will happen, I don't know. But uh, I, I do think that Robert Whitaker is going to be around for some uh, – for some, for some big fights. You know, I don't know that he needs to stay in a number one contender role right now. I'm sure he could kind of slide down a little bit. There's no such thing as easy fights, but I don't think he necessarily needs to be fighting, you know, to stay in, in that number one contendership right now. I think it's going to take a couple of fights to get back there. Um, but, you know, I, I, I thought it was class of Robert Whittaker to come in and kind of address everything. I know that he's not always the most uh, excited about doing media sometimes. So to come in and do post-fight, I, I thought he handled himself a class. And I really do feel, even in defeat... I really do feel like this was the first week that fans really, really gave Robert Whittaker love, man. It felt like he had a lot of support this week, and I felt like it was kind of the first time that I'd really seen that much support.
1: Yeah, and you kind of wonder if sometimes if that – You know, changed the way that he addressed this fight. You know, like if he did, he did, he let it all sort of feel like it was a little that pressure to kind of really go in there and do that showing because he came out swinging with everything. And that I can't remember the last time I seen him go out there and go with that much fervor to finish a fight so quickly. And, uh, you know, it just makes you wonder if, if it did impact him and altered the way that he, uh, perform because you know even the commentators were were sort of saying you know izzy wasn't putting that much pop you know he was kind of letting rob do his things he was stepping away letting rob throw a lot and it was kind of almost in the hopes like that he thought rob would sort of burn himself out you know so i wonder i wonder if carrying the mantle and carrying all those hopes uh, of the australian people did make him really want to go out there and and do something you know i mean but if there's ever a time to, you know, give your all, why not when you have, you know, near 60,000 people there rooting for you? You know Who who wouldn't do the same?
0: Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. All right, so Paula Costa, he said, look, I want this fight. I'd love to take this fight to Brazil. Um, this fight could be anywhere, right? I mean, it, it could be in Vegas. It could be at Madison Square Garden. I, I could even see, man, why would, you know, the, the people of Melbourne not want to maybe – Try to bring another stadium show back, man. I think they could. I think Adesanya could sell out the stadium again. Adesanya Costa could sell it out, maybe. In the
1: people that booed them? you mean sell out the place that people booed
0: Oh in? man, they were cheering by the end, man. They were wild. Well, I, they
1: were wild. Wow- they were definitely wild by it, but it makes you wonder. I mean, it's uh, interesting.
0: Where do you where, so? Where would you like to see the fight? Do you do you think would- Vegas? Vegas.
1: Yeah, Big, I mean, unless you did a New Zealand one, you know, just to give them a proper – But they got – that Vector so,
0: Arena is only like 9,000 seats. Yeah. I mean, I guess they have stadiums, i I just sure. don't – I don't
1: know. I mean, like Whitaker is – I mean, Whitaker – the people came for Whitaker. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people wanted to see Izzy and appreciated what Izzy did. And I think that's just credit to the Australian fans that are like – they're just – they love fights and they love good fights. So by the end, yeah, I, I don't think it was anything that they were just like, all right, now, yeah, Izzy, he's our guy now. But maybe maybe they're like, yeah, hey, we like winners, you know. But uh, I I just think that something like that he could probably translate t- to a big fight week, maybe even like international fight week or some – I mean, hope we don't have to wait that long. I know, but I you don't want right. to wait that You're long. Right. But um, I could see where Vegas or, or, you know – Unless you want to try to put them on, I mean, now it's a title, so uh, it's got to be a big event somewhere. So I mean, maybe or like a Madison Square Garden something. Yeah, I mean, you they know, usually take like they should do, like
0: Barclays Center or something in in New York, which isn't Madison Square Garden, but it's yeah. still New York. but it's that still New York. Um, I mean, L A. obviously is a big market as well that you could, and, and you know, interestingly as far as travel is concerned, I mean, yeah. L A. is basically where you stop. I mean, a, a lot of the flights from Sydney and Melbourne and yeah. Auckland. I mean, go to L A X. So maybe, you know, people traveling, it's a little harder for the Australians to get all the way over to New York. You know, it's a little further. So um, I think it's going to be a big fight, man. I think it's going to be. I think it will. I think it will. To me, it's got to be one of the most anticipated fights of of, of 2020, you know, of of the new year. So um, a big one. All right, well, listen, uh, Israel Adesanya did come back and, and speak to the media uh, he was in good spirits. He actually got a uh, FaceTime call from his cousin in Nigeria while he was up there. Uh,
2: <laughs> that was so cool, that right? That was awesome.
0: And look, and look, even in Israel, all ever the showman, everything he thought about it. Let me put the microphone right next to the phone so it goes out there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he gets it, man. He he is he is the total package, man. And uh, dude, I just don't know how you can doubt the guy anymore, man. He is 100 percent legitimate. Uh, so here is your new undisputed. UFC middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya. Speaking to the media, and not starting with me, if you're used to hearing me as the first question, it's actually Casper this time from Submission Radio. So get on him if you get annoyed at how many questions he asked. (laughs) Here's Israel Adesanya.
3: So, Israel, congratulations on the big win. Now that you've had a few moments to sort of let it all settle in, how does it feel to be uh, the UFC
4: middleweight champion, undisputed? I haven't had a shower yet. I haven't had my infamous... uh, provoking shower yet so right now mm, it's normal it just feels like man feels like i'm still lucid dreaming so you might see me do weird things just to see if i'm dreaming but yeah
3: Go, go ahead with the weird things. I was going to say, uh, with the... I've
4: that can before, so that was weird. Yeah. <laughs>
3: with, with with the title where you spoke about how the interim belt didn't really mean anything to you, and you kind of, you know, put it away in a box. This one you gave to, you, to your parents, uh, Femi and Taiwo.
4: Well, why did you decide to do that, and what was that moment like? I mean, in Atlanta, because Eugene is the guy that built me up in this game to be the killer that I am, so I presented that to him. They, they, um, They created me, you know, so without them, I wouldn't be possible. So... Yeah, this the 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 other belt, I put the New Zealand flag on it, so this belt, I'm going to put the Nigerian flag on it. Um, just looking at the fight, how do you sort of
3: reflect that uh, on that one? And also, would you say this was one of the easiest fights when you compare some of the other ones you've had here? Who
4: did I tell? Like, it's probably one of my toughest tests, but I'll make it look easy. Who did I say that to? Yeah, exactly. I told you guys, I'll make it look easy. And... Ah, uh, fuck, man. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Like sometimes, like I have to pinch myself and just be like, "Hmm, did, like that really happened? We just we just did that." Yeah, it's crazy. Like you know, you guys see me, like you, you recognize Stars Submission Radio from from the jump. So you saw me, you knew what else, what my potential was. And I know you are Aussies. You know, I know you guys like Whitaker as well. But I appreciate the love and support throughout the times because you guys still give us a platform.
3: Appreciate it. Would you say this was your star-breaking moment, that people have sort of mm. compared you to Conor McGregor and things like that, with the entrance and obviously in the stadium?
4: No one is doing anything like I'm doing. You know, this is a 60,000-seat arena. People, after seeing that entrance, I bet you the green-eyed monsters were like, I fucking hope this guy loses. I fucking hope. I saw some of you in here as well. Oh, this asshole. Look at him. Thinks he's a fucking man. I hope he loses. I hope he gets flatlined. Because that's just that. It's it's ingrained in us. It's this tall puppy syndrome. It's this jealousy that when you see someone shining, you feel like it takes away from your your own shine. I'm like, look, I can't dim my shine just because some people feel uncomfortable. Everything went full circle tonight. I danced with some of my day ones, my guys, day not even day negative fives, guys that I've known from way back. You know, Jay, I used to look up to him, you know, back in Aurora, Jesse, I taught him how to dance and now he's just taking it and running with it. And to have them, you know, set the tone for me and just have fun. And like I said, when I'm having fun, I'm the best in the world. So I was having fun. And when I saw him walk out, it was too intense. And you can't fake that shit. You could put your hoodie over your eyes and all you want I can smell it it's pheromones you know to start, I can smell it off him I was like he's not he's not with it and he was th- he was doing the right moves but there was no feeling behind it so I saw everything coming he hit me a few times but like I, I don't like getting hit cuz not that I, I'm a bitch or I'm not tough I am but I just it's not smart but um yeah I just showed you guys I can take it and give it as well apparently cuz I have no knockout power and I got pillow hands boo Two more quick
3: ones, and then I'll pass the mic on. Um, mm-hmm. Just a couple of little things. There was a, a moment I don't think it was broadcast, but Robert Whitaker after you dropped him in between rounds or when the next one was starting, he winked at you. I'm wondering what was going through your mind when he saw that. And also, uh, you I, wrote so I looked something.
4: at him. I looked at him like um, after the round. The round was about to start. He's looking at the TV. I was like, "Don't look there. Look at me. You got to worry about me right now." That's done. Like that's what I was trying to say to him. Like that's a moment passed because I could have like rested my laurels and be like, "Oh yeah, I dropped him. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna rush him it. now." No, no. He's a beast. If I try and fight dumb and think like, I'm going to go for the finish now, he could catch me and lay me the fuck out. So I was like, nah, don't focus on that. Focus on me. I'm your problem right now. Don't be looking at the TV. What Drop me? Like, I don't know. Yeah.
3: What did you write in your book when uh, Bruce Buff was introducing so, you?
4: when you talk about Anaheim, you know? You ever heard about the an anime called Death Note? Anyone? Hands up? Yeah, so he's the Grim Reaper, right? I have a Shinigami with me. And I just had to write his name because I knew I was like he's not gonna last. I just wrote his name in a death note. And those who knows the rules of the death note, they know there's a certain time frame that after your name's written in the death note, the Shinigami will get you. So yeah, it is what it is, and it happened as it su- as it's supposed to be.
3: Just last one. Uh, obviously, you had that moment with Paul Acosta afterwards. Oh my uh, bitch! You, uh, is is he definitely the next? Because you've talked about I John Jones, we'll me. And when when could we see that fight potentially?
4: Um, I don't know. I have my people call their people. Uh. Right now, I'm Hollywood now, Esther, I'm Hollywood. Uh, Right now, I just, mm, nothing nothing set in stone. I'm just feeling it. But I I like that fight, because the the casuals, they're dumb. They see a beefed up beefcake like that and think, oh, that's the guy. I'm still all hype, by the way. I'm still all hype. Don't worry. I'm just the hype train. Um, Yeah, so they'll see that and think, that's the guy. That's the guy. They just want to see me lose, but they're going to be waiting for a long time.
0: Israel, I want to ask you about the motivation for that entrance. I mean, as you said, you know, it's going to bring on haters. There's no question about it. It's also giving you something else to think about and worry about other than, you know, a championship fight.
4: I told you, I'm I'm a dancer. I'm I'm, I'm an entertainer. Like, I don't have to worry about it. We came up with that on Wednesday. I tried to do it at the silver fight in February, and the UFC were like, no, we can't have that. I was like, oh, fuck you then. And then this fight this is my show i'm headlining this bitch so i was like no i'm gonna do it my way or no way like who else on this kind of stage is gonna do that before they go and whoop some ass you know it's 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 um no one i think james to who knows the only one has ever done it from what i can remember with um the men in black intro and anderson silver did it in pride with his michael jackson shit but like this is i showed you guys if i could sing trust me justin bieber wouldn't even have a job but you know <laughs> you don't want to hear me sing <coughs> But, um, yeah, like, you got to realize this is, this is the spectacle, man. This is a big stadium. I had to give him a show and set the tone. And uh, there's no one like me, like, no one.
0: As the fight was unfolding, talk about, you know, how, what you were seeing and what you thought. I mean, he was very aggressive coming after you, but it seemed like you were evading him pretty well. I mean, how was the fight unfolding, and what were you thinking?
4: I knew he was going to start fast, and I knew he falls over himself a lot, you know, and he, what makes him great, like my coach said, what makes him great? makes him really vulnerable and susceptible to a lot of things. And there was a few shots I almost caught him with. Um, there was one time he threw the oblique oblique kick for like the, maybe the third time. And I used my counter that me and Carl Van Roon drilled mo- like multiple times. Um, it didn't hurt me, by the way. It looked like he hit me, but what I was doing is just bending my knee, not triple C. Just <laughs> like bringing it in so I can like, you know when someone tries to attack you, you take it away. So yeah. Um, it didn't hurt me. My knee's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, I knew he was going to start fast. And I just had to take my time and slow cook him. Yeah.
0: The end of round one, I think it was a little bit confusing for some people because it was so loud. We couldn't really hear a, a bell or a horn or anything. Did you know what was happening in round one? Did you think the I fight d- was over? I thought,
4: I thought it was over for a split second. But then I I kind of, I don't know if I heard. I, th- I think I heard the clapper. So I was like, OK, maybe it's ended around. But in the round. Because when um, the referee jumped in, I thought it was over, because I saw his eyes. slow. Like I saw it happen, and I was like, oh, shit. But I, uh, next time, I'm not going to do that. I held my fist up, but that's stupid. I should have punched him till the referee actually jumped on him. Um, but yeah, I guess the ref saved him in that one. Uh, but maybe it was the end of the round. I don't know. I have to watch the tape again, properly assess it. Um, as for round two, yeah, like I said, he was looking at the screen. and I was like, no, nah, you got to worry about me.
0: And as you were celebrating, it looked like you scaled the fence. I know you said your, your options are open right now, but it looked like you had a message for Costa. Um What was said there, and, and and why take that moment to address him, I mean, rather than just enjoy it yourself? And
4: I enjoyed it myself. I definitely enjoyed it, but, you know, uh, it sells the next fight. It sells the next fight a little bit, but at the same time, he's a bitch, and he's my bitch, and I want to make him my bitch, so that's why I did what I did.
0: You talked before this fight about envisioning it, seeing it before it happens, and then when it happens, it's like a memory. Is this what you saw?
4: Deja vu. You can. Um, those who were in here setting up last night or yesterday evening, I came here with my crew, and we rehearsed uh, the entrance. And I did it probably about four times or five times. And I did the whole walkout, and I visualized everything. And I did the whole prep point thing. And I stepped in the cage, and I claimed the space. And I did that about four or five times. And I also did the win, the victory. Like, just visualizing it. And I imagined the whole place lit up with people and loud cheerings and boos and people by the side, what they're saying to you, and just practicing it. And amazingly, when I got to the prep point again before the walkout, it just felt even more deja, there's levels to this shit, man. It just felt like, man, I just did this shit yesterday, which I did. So I was so relaxed. You saw me doing the Carlton when he he was coming out. That was a nice song. I like that track. I was relaxed, and I could just see he was too tense. But some people like to be that way when they fight. That's cool. I just like to flow. I like to have fun with it. Uh,
0: a lot of times when you're talking, you, you, you seem like you're talking the same
2: language as the fight fans and the fight media, talking about the casuals and Triple C bending the knee and stuff I'm like that. I'm just
4: a fan at the end of the day. I'm just a fan. I've said this. I can rattle off some shit from back in the day, but I'm just a fan. I just don't pl- I've never, ever since they fucked me up on EA Sports and made my body like Chad Mendez. <laughs> I've never touched that game. I've never. They. You need to get me in the studio, do the proper scan, get my proper question mark kicks and everything so I don't fuck with that game. All I do is play it in real life. Yeah, but I'm just a fan. I'm just a casual fanny troll.
0: It seems like a lot of fighters, they seem the. To prefer to stay away, like they don't want to be reading all the websites or looking at all the memes on Instagram, and you seem like the exact opposite, I mean, do you think that there's a reason for
4: that? It's only because it's fight week, (laughs) you got a lot of time on fight week, so I'm just, it's fun, and that's what makes my um, thing on Instagram, what do you call it, my engagement on Instagram, like I think the average athlete is 2%, mine's like 8 or 9%, and it's just fun, I gotta, excuse me, I gotta pass the time somehow. So I just go back, not back and forth in a bad way, but sometimes I just talk to people online and even just casually. I like memes, you know. Fuck, they're funny. Some of them, some of the meme pages are funny. Oh, it always
0: happens. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just a fan, man. Lastly, for me, Rob was here earlier and he was saying, you know, hey, I felt like I was doing well right up until I wasn't, and that we play a game of, you know, like a tightrope walk here where it could happen to either guy. Did you feel like that, like the, like there were times where maybe he was close to catching you and, and you caught him instead?
4: He grazed my lip once, he whizzed past a few times, but I always established my distance. So I never felt in danger, I never felt in danger. And I said, leading up to this fight, fear, fear is not real, danger is real, and I'm a dangerous man. I was the danger,
2: yeah. Uh, Yesterday after the weigh-ins we spoke to your family and they spoke about how proud they are of you and the moment when you got up on the scale we saw, you got almost a little bit emotional when you saw them there and uh, your mum was talking about how she wanted you to become an accountant, how obviously it's a family of professionals but how much they've backed you going through this career, what does it mean to now be the champ, I know they're here in the room right now and you sort of handed them that belt in the octagon, sort of talk us through how that felt for you being able to do that.
4: Uh it was just cool, like I've done it before in Atlanta with Eugene, so to prostrate um you know and hand them the belt like just to present it to them it's just it's like my two creators, Eugene created this beast, and they created this human, so yeah, yeah.
2: Mm. just speaking of Eugene I mean just quickly he's a guy that doesn't get as much credit as I believe he deserves he had a big night tonight and a big weekend altogether. together repeat I told them
4: man we did it in February me Kai and Shane we did the 3 we repeat
2: the 3 tonight mm. what does he mean to you Are you trying to make me cry I don't want you to cry but okay, I just want to. <laughs> he means a lot to me I'll take a bullet for that man and just finally I mean how, how good does it feel to see Dan win against right. our and and Brad, when we saw in the back, you were celebrating when Brad won, and every, everybody was jumping around from the oh, team. Oh, yeah,
4: fucking! Oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> how did how did that feel to um, see that? Yeah, Brad's fight. You know, trust me, he's this is his first UFC fight. It's not as you kind of have to adjust some sometimes different folks, different strokes. But he showed you his mana. He showed you like he's from Christchurch in New Zealand, and with the earthquake, you know, see how they rebuild. They're strong people. Quake City's his name. <laughs> That man don't fold, that man loves a fist fight. Um, Dan, fucking Dan, yeah. Dan's just a superstar in the making and I'm glad he did what he did tonight on this stage. And I didn't hear his post fight speech, but I heard 2020 at the end, but I heard it's Dustin Poirier, so I'm looking forward to that. I think that should headline, Uh, Spark Arena in in Auckland next year.
3: Izzy, congratulations on the victory. The You're in the catbird seat. Paulo Costa came here because he wants to face you next. You said in the octagon you'd face him. You just addressed John Jones. You guys have been beefing on Twitter.
4: Who? John, John Jones. John? No, I don't want to talk about him anymore. I'm well, over him. Well, the question is yeah.
3: your decision-making for the next fight will come fight. down to nah, legacy nah,
4: I, I'm looking at or the, making the, money. The division. Nah, fuck money. Money will come. I don't chase money. Money chase me. It's about legacy. It's about moments. It's about, it's about being an icon. You know? I'll do what I do, and the money will flow. I never, ever... I've, this game i never did it for the money trust me we're gonna talk but i never did it for the money i'm doing this for legacy i showed you guys tonight i can do things that no one else has ever done from the walkout to the fight itself it was perfect for me and my team and yeah i'm not doing this for the money alone i love the money don't get me wrong the money love me but legacy history
3: uh, thank you. Just a uh, uh, one quick question. Um, you mentioned in the uh, pre-fight build-up that you were sitting in the nosebleed section watching the Ronda Rousey fight. Here you are now. You've just fought in front of an even larger crowd than that. You're now the unified champion. Did your vision play out exactly as you imagined? Tell us about it.
4: Yeah, exactly as I imagined. Um, there's always variables in the way and whatnot, but in that cage, even backstage, I was so calm, I was like... <laughs> Why do I feel this calm? Even Dan was so relaxed, you know? I was like, fuck, should I be this relaxed? But I think I just used my, my energy properly. I used my chakra properly, and I was able to just control it and channel it at the right moment, which was in a cage.
3: Izzy, after February? you fight in February down here, mate, I asked you about Africa. And uh, I think you can pretty much call your own shot now. So the question shot is... Shot caller. The question is, mate, do mm-hmm. you pick Africa or do you pick New Zealand?
4: What do you mean?
5: Well, where would you fight next?
4: Where right would you, now? Yeah, oh, definitely New pick. Zealand. Oh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. You're trying to be that guy. Um, first of all, the, uh, what was I trying to say? For me, the UFC Africa has to take some time. It's not going to be next year. It's going to take some time because even right now, I wouldn't. Honestly, it would have to either be somewhere like Morocco because the, the leadership – and the corruption where I'm from, people will try, it'll, it'll, be too, it'll be too much, you know? Like there's just too many red tapes to get through. You know, when I went back there, I saw there's so much fucked up shit happening up in the, in, in, in the politics and whatnot. I don't wanna get too much into it, but yeah. Uh, what would I fight next? I don't know, probably Vegas or New Zealand. I don't know, but I want Dan to headline Auckland, the next Auckland show. And don't do that again if not, yeah. Israel, uh, two and a half
3: years ago, you were competing in kickboxing. Uh, you got knocked out by Alex Piera, and now you're the undisputed middleweight champion of the world with an 18-0 perfect record. If,
2: if that fight had gone differently, do you think you would be here?
4: Hmm, yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely showed me, you know, my character, my, um, fucking, hold up, my phone's buzzing out of my mind. Go away. Uh... It definitely showed me, you know, my grit, my will. Like, my, after that fight, I realized, look, my dog still loves me. My coaches still love me. My parents still love me. You know, the sun will rise again the next day, and so did I. And here I am. I've risen like a phoenix.
2: Are you the biggest star in the sport right now?
4: What do you think? It's subjective. I can't say that about myself. It's subjective. You might not like me to think I am, but, yeah, if you want to say that, go ahead.
2: Thank you. Hey, uh, at the Ultimate Media Day, you mentioned that... When Listen to this shit, hold up. Let's stop now.
4: Uh, carry on. <laughs> uh,
2: you mentioned that when you won, there, there might be an announcement you'd make in the Octagon that would blow people's minds. I just wondered if what that was. Was that? Uh, you mentioned at the Ultimate Media Day that if you won, uh, that there might be an announcement you could make in the Octagon afterwards that would blow people's minds. And I was just wondering what that was going to be.
4: I don't remember saying that. I say a lot of things. <laughs> I say a lot of things. Hey, Israel.
3: Um, obviously, you're not a massive fan of Paulo Costa's physique, it seems. But what he do you looks rate?
4: good. He looks beefy. is not he? He looks like a swimsuit model, doesn't he?
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think so. He's a handsome man.
3: Um, but what do you what do you think of his fighting ability? I mean, as a as a. It's
4: basic, but that's not a bad thing. Basic is what yeah, you know. My shit is built on foundation. I just know how to work off my basics. He doesn't he everyone he fights is a punching bag that's just waiting there to get hit (laughs) and i can't wait i can't wait till i fight him uh i'm I'm not impressed to be honest i'm not impressed by your performance yeah
3: realistically when would you like to have that fight
4: Uh, i'll talk to my coach and we'll talk but right now i'm fresh we can go anytime yeah but not in the near future till i talk to my coaches
3: It might be a bit hard to say, but would you think he's uh, two
4: seconds, hold up two seconds, please? Um, Just it's my show, I can do what I want. I just have to my cousin is calling from Nigeria right now. Say hello from me. It's my guy. Wait, why we lay why we lay? You're on TV now, Joe. (laughs) You don't know. Shout for me, okay? He's <laughs> a little bit tiddly. Hey, Mark Bay later, Monsieur Shagon. I love you, bro. I love you, bro. I love you, I love you, I love you. Alright, I'll call you later, okay? Alright, Bruce. It's been blowing me up. Why going? Um,
3: do you think uh I, know, I forgot, Polo Costa is a tougher challenge for you than Rob Whitaker or do you
4: think Robert? Fuck no.
1: Okay.
4: <laughs> I just, honestly, like I say, like, I came from when I was, that's why Anderson Silva really changed my mentality about martial arts. Jackie Chan first did, then Anderson Silva, because I had the idea of, I think it's just something that's been infused through Hollywood, that you got to be this jacked ramble motherfucker to be a fighter and be a tough guy because that's what you see in movies that's what you grow up watching so everyone still sees that and it's just embedded in them that they think that's that's a bad motherfucker that's the guy it's like nah and look at me oh he's so skinny bro he's so I'm gonna break his face bro I'm gonna break him you got no power bro well I don't need power everyone has power I have precision
5: is he um You know, when I was speaking, sorry over here. Hi. When I was speaking to you in the lead up to this fight, you kind of referenced Demetrius Johnson and Anderson Silva as people that you wanted to be as great as or even surpass. Is that your idea now with that title? You you kind of are looking at their run of title defenses, and you want to uh, compete with that.
4: Look, it's it's harder to stay champ than it is to be champ. This is most people's like they've clocked the game. And then you see a lot of people just fall off after this. Then they they don't have that because they've done it. They've done what they wanted to do, what they set out to do. I've done one thing that I set out to do, which is become the UFC champion. Now it's about defending that actively, not like fight twice a year. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people will just expect. It's it's, it's different. I, I'm I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to run my own legacy, not like anyone else or compared to anyone else. I'm going to run my own legacy and. and what are you going to carve my own way?
5: Eugene kind of said to us that he, he wanted to see what would happen to you when you became champion. Would you stay as active? Is that what you're saying? You will? You want to keep up this same activity? Well, uh, yeah, I saw that snippet of the interview when he said that. He's like, it depends. <laughs> as, uh, there's a quote. Uh, you know, it's harder to
4: wake up in the morning when you silk and sleep sheets. And silk sheets, sorry. Um, fuck. Stay woke, stay broke. so up here? I don't, don't ask me for shit. I'm broke. I got no money. All my money's just tied up in investments. So I need to eat. I need to pay bills. So I gotta fight again.
5: You know, you said you weren't impressed by Paulo Costa. Who are you impressed with that's currently active at the moment? Who Jared
4: Caranier. I like that guy. He's a he's a cool he's a cool dude. I like his style. I like the fact that he came down from heavyweight to light heavyweight, now middleweight. I'm impressed with what he's doing. And he still has like another one fight probably. Well, it depends. Depends on who he beats next. Depends who he fights next. One or two fights then I wanna see him some, you know, I like I like challenges like that. Like Robert, Robert's a beast. I've seen Robert on tough smashes. I didn't really watch the, the season, but yeah, I've, was it tough smashes? I don't know, which one did he come up on? Yeah, um, but it's about taking names, you know, taking out the greats of this game. So when it's all said and done, it's not about like, oh, he won that belt or this. It's like, nah, he beat the fuck out of everyone that they put in front of him.
5: Just finally, do you expect rob to be able to fight his way back into a rematch i told situation. him you... i
4: told him in the octagon
5: i said i'll see you again
4: because i remember I, I, first thing I said, I said look you're better than what did i say i can't remember now it'll probably be on one of the things with the ufc they'll catch it on camera but i said i'm better or no, i'm greater than i think i am because that was my alarm for the last 12 weeks when i wake up it says ufc 243 be greater than you think you are and that's because he said "Oh, that israel fella he's not as good as he thinks he is so I took them, I was like, you don't know how I think I am. I'm fucking, I'm great. Like, you don't know me. So for someone to try and tell me how to be me, I, t- I don't know, it's not personal, but I just kind of use that as like a little fuel. So I just told him like, I'm greater than I think I am and so are you, you know, it's like, I don't know. And I said, I'll see him again, definitely. Like, he's, he'll definitely work his way up. And he said, probably in two fights, I'll see you again.
0: All right. Thank Ooh. you, Izzy.
4: Are we done? Oh, that was fun. <laughs> Smoke or break?
0: All right, Israel Adesanya, man, just absolutely crushed it from start to finish. Crushed Fight Week, did everything. Izzy, one
1: more question, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We love our boys at Submission Radio. We love our boys at Submission Radio. Uh, All right, listen, uh, like I said, this is an and a half express because we got the airport looming very soon for a flight. But I do want to kind of talk about the rest of the card real quickly. Dan Hooker, how great did Dan Hooker look? Man, I have been high uh, on Dan Hooker for a long time, but to me, this was – you know, I don't want to say necessarily a career-defining uh, performance because I think those come in like title fights and, and that sort of thing. But if you ever had a doubt that Dan Hooker was not the real deal, man, I thought he actually dominated Ally Quinton tonight, and I thought he looked good in every aspect of the game. And again, um, you know, just like his teammate Israel Adesanya, You know, Dan Hooker gets the game. He gets the promotion side of it as well. He's great on the mic. Um, You know, he he uses time to call out Dustin Poirier. Of course, Dustin Poirier instantly comes to Twitter and says, I'm not interested in it. But we asked Dan Hooker about that at the post-fight press conference, and instantly he's got a retort to that. You know, he's saying, what, he wants to fight Conor McGregor. Like, you know, if he wants to chase leprechauns, do that. If he wants a real fight, come get me. Again, I mean, Dan Hooker, he had a great performance from top to bottom, both in the cage and on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Setting up cold coffee for the transition there. As you can tell, it is very, very late in the evening.
1: I was like, that, what a perfect time to throw some more audio in. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually looking at our staff picks. This fight wrecked us. Like, uh, there's We have some uh, staffers that went 0 for 5. I was just looking at that. Do Simon. we really? Simon Head went 0 for 5. Uh, no, he, actually, he got, he got, not Simon, but uh, Simon Simano went 0 for 5. He went Whitaker, Iaquinta, Tuivasa, Jumo and Taffa. Wow. Yeah, Simon Head, uh, he got Hooker right. This was a tough one. It was. uh, That's what threw me off. I was actually just looking at these (laughs) cards. I was looking at the same thing. I'm like, wow, we all really
0: sucked out our
1: picks today. (laughs)
0: So. He's usually so good at picking up the little set. We've been doing this so long. You're usually pretty good at picking up the little set. I kind of heard but I, I was you. like,
1: I was like, wait, did he say we were going to audio? That's so yeah, great. Let's go to audio. Let's well, do audio. Dan Hooker's <laughs>
0: performance was much better than Cold Coffee's. I can tell you that. And uh, and
1: I, now here's Dan Hooker's and, audio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a big fan of Dan Hooker as well, man. He's a good dude. So uh, I thought he did yeah. great. Sergey Spivak picking up the win over to Tuivasa. Gotta say. Man. Uh, he
1: wrecked our picks. Oh,
0: dude. This, to me, and... and
1: Credit know. to Matt Erickson, but he always picks the
0: underdog. Yeah, Matt he is Erickson,
1: the only one that picked him.
0: He just likes to be controversial and pick fights that he thinks aren't going to... He likes to be the one that is the only one. But he did pick one.
1: Whittaker, so that's uh interesting. Maybe that wasn't the... Uh, was Whitaker? He was the favorite, wasn't he?
0: Yeah. No, that's what I thought. So it's, it's like to pick him, I think. Okay. More so, or less. So but, it wasn't
1: like he just went straight underdog, but he literally picked... Uh, he got... uh Spivak? Spivak. Spivak, right. And that was it.
0: Well, listen, Sergey Spivak, uh, you know, looked good after a debut where he looked uh, awful, to be honest with you. I mean, he didn't really get to look like anything because he was wrecked pretty quickly. But, yeah. man, it just t- this to me was a bad loss for Tai Tuivasa because, um, you know, ta- I, yeah. I, I, again, we said it going in. There's no such thing as a setup fight. There's no easy fights in the UFC, but it felt like this was set up for Ty to at least you know have a a shooting chance at, at getting back in there a fair shake mm-hmm. at, at picking up a win and uh man and he Ty- did but he
1: gave up a lot of size like we yeah. all it's funny cuz even in the pre-fight interviews uh Sergey always was like, kind of hunched over and even the post-fight press he's always sort of hunched over and then you're like oh he's not that big and then he stands up and you're like holy shit yeah yeah he's big, big he's dude. a big he's a big dude but yeah i mean he just had a way of just sort of overpowering Ty. and there were moments where just felt like, you know, you're like, uh-oh, Ty looks tired again. But then he would pop up and you're like, okay, no, maybe Ty's cardio is good, you know. But for some reason, he just had real issues of getting off the ground. And I think whatever questions have sort of been lingering there when it comes to Ty being able to get up off the ground and have a a, a good sort of submission base to get out of some of these things, yeah. I think that's still a, a, a lingering question that that's going on for him. Because when he stands up and he can bang, I mean, he's – He's actually pretty quick and spry on his yes. feet and actually moves pretty damn well. Um, it, just, it just seemed that Sergey had no problems at all going in for these single-leg, double-leg takedowns, and he just kind of took him down at will, and then
0: that's there was no real answer for that's it. That's disappointing because you lose to Junior Dos Santos, you lose to even off, that's okay. Those are accomplished athletes. You know, Blagoy isn't always the most exciting fighter, but he's, he's got a great record for a reason. Um, and, and those were understandable losses. This is a bad loss for Tai Tuwasa. He's fun, but everybody in the division is going to know they don't want to stand with him. They're just going to try to take him down. Try I to mean, take him down. That's it. He's got such a great personality, man. He's so fun. But he's got to shore this up. And uh, I don't think the UFC will cut, cut ties with him right now, man. I think he's got too much star quality and, and entertainment value, he, especially in the region.
1: He's kind of replaced like the – the. tell me if you think I'm wrong – like the the big country. Yeah. A super likable guy. Yeah that can pull off wins but then has these moments where he just doesn't get the wins. But it's almost like you can't cut him, yep. you know, because yep. it's big country, you know. Yep. But eventually it got to a point where, yes, of course you can cut him. It didn't help that he was really sort of talking back I was and, say, and pushing the some to
0: say Ty hasn't taken the, the big country you know? role of, of going against management, basically. Yeah.
1: So, uh, but you're right, I mean uh, – But likable will only keep you around for so long. That's right. I I
0: think he needs to win next time out. Uh, Diego Lima picked up the split decision win over Luke Jumo. Listen, I was surprised this was a split decision. This was not the most exciting fight for sure. The way these styles came together didn't necessarily end up being incredibly exciting. But I thought Lima had a case for winning 30-27, to be honest with you, at the very least. 29-28 29, 28 across the board. So I, I was a little surprised at that split decision, but I think the right guy ultimately did get the win. Yeah. And of course, it started the main card started out with Jorgen De Castro uh, getting the knockout win over Justin Toffa Kind of a scary knockout, man. The way he fell and, and stiffened up. And uh, yeah, speaking of picks, man, I let I let my emotions get the best of me, man. I had Jorgen De Castro, yeah. and then I met Justin Toffa this week, and I well, just
1: Tafa came and I think that's why it was such a devastating thing. He was coming with everything. Yep. And he wanted to get that big knockout, and just unfortunately, you know, speed and technique kind of got that shot, and that's why it looked so devastating because he was a super strong hit, but then he had all this force He going was moving into forward, it. yeah, and then he just dropped. It just flattened. It was almost. It was yeah. It was almost kind of scary because it just he dropped so hard. But yeah, I mean, two likable guys. Uh, But, yeah, it's it's funny because I remember you were so moved by the pre-fight interview that you did with him. You liked him so much that you switched your pick. Mm Mm-hmm. And – that kind of reared its head and bit Cost you the Cost me belt. on that one, man.
0: <laughs> Cost me on that one. Prelims run on ESPN2 tonight. Jake Matthews picked up a decision win over Rostam Ackman. Uh, not the most exciting fight either. A technically sound fight for Jake Matthews, and you can't put all of it on him. Um, Rostam wasn't exactly uh, incredibly exciting either. But uh, this was the part – this was kind of the middle part of the card. I thought this card started out real fun, got a little bit slow in the middle, um, but then picked up and finished strong. So overall entertaining even though we admitted it was a little – you know, a little light on names here and there. Jake Matthews is still just 25 years old. He's still developing. I thought it was a technically sound fight. It just wasn't exciting.
1: He said in the pre uh, the post fight press conference, he's like, you know, a lot of people said that, you know, with the hair on him that you'd get traction, and he was like, that's not the case. He's like, he was actually <laughs> a lot slipperier than I thought. He's like, I think I'm gonna start growing out. So much. And he pulled open his shirt, and he's literally, he's like me. He's not a very hairy person. Right. So his chest is like bare, and he's like, I'm gonna think. I'm- I got a little something there growing right there in the That's middle. He's, funny. Like, he's like, I think for the next fight, I'm going to work that out. He's like, yeah, but he told me I'd have traction. He's like, I didn't have any traction. He was pretty darn slippery.
0: <laughs> That's funny. You know, it's funny because uh, obviously I wasn't he's in the back to hear dude. that. Oh, Rustin was a very hairy guy.
1: <laughs> I was like, dude, if you have weight issues, you literally have probably eight ounces. <laughs>
0: If he shaved his
1: chest, shed a half
0: pound of chest. Shed a half pound just shaving. Oh, that's great! I, Tell know, me, I'm wrong. Oh no, I don't think you're wrong. I don't know
1: how much that weighed, but I mean, quite a bit. It Sounds like half pounds, a, a crazy amount. But he
0: could use some Manscape.com.
1: Hey, Manscape. He
0: could use some Manscape.com. Is that plow dog. uh Jake Matthews. It was funny too because in the in the in the cage afterwards, uh, I thought it was funny. He said, "You know the uh, you know the game plan was actually to wrestle, but I was standing in the back and they said what a great striker he was. So I figured I should strike. It was like." Bro, you put in a whole a whole camp with, like, <laughs> a game plan and a pre-fight video package makes you change your strategy? Throw that shit out the window. Uh, too funny. But, uh, again, it wasn't the most exciting win, but it was a technical win for Jake Matthews. He fought well. Callan Potter. He uh, looks good at that weight class. Oh, by he way. looks way better at that Boy, weight class.
1: he was yoked out, man. He looked uh, – but there wasn't any, like – I was like, how do I bring that up in the post-fight press (laughs) without just sounding weird? Like, dude, you looked really good this week when you had your shirt off and you were really buffed out. (laughs) I was like, dude, this is his weight for him. You know, (laughs) how do you say that without sounding really weird? But he does look good at this weight. Uh, it, It suits him. And uh You know, no more hard cuts and stuff. And and he looked really
0: good at this weight. Yeah, no question about it. Callum Potter uh, rebounded from a disappointing debut in the USC to pick up a decision win over Mackie Patola. Again, another fight that wasn't incredibly exciting. Uh, Callum Potter was just able to find some holes in Maki Patolo's wrestling game. Basically, his grappling game was able to exert top control. Um, both of them had some moments on the feet. Colin Potter would landed some big shots. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. He, he took some big shots as well, and he's another guy that was moving up in weight. And his chin seemed to be a little bit better, you know, even at the heavier weight class, which is, which is good to see. I mean, I, th- I think there may be something to be said for, you know, not cutting weight. Disappointing debut from Mackie Patolo. Uh, of course, uh, we always like uh, anybody that Yancey Medeiros is hanging around, and so I, I know they were disappointed things didn't go their way. I know Yancey was super excited for Mackie, so uh, he's going to have to shore some things up in his, in his return as well. Meanwhile, the fight of the night, Brad Riddell versus Jamie Malarkey. My God, what a fight. I am so happy that these two guys got the bonus that they deserve, $50,000 of well-earned uh, money, man. These two dudes went at it. Um, I felt like Brad Riddell was the better fighter and, 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 and he won, you know. But Jamie Malarkey is as tough as nails. And that yeah, third round. So much some re- My <laughs> God, if for some reason you didn't see this fight, make sure uh, you, you, you find it and you watch it. And, and if you don't have time to watch the whole fight, at least watch the third round. Uh, dude, you are seeing just. Oh, man, you know, I, and I, I don't really like when Dana says it sometimes because I hate what it says. You know, he'll talk about, you know, when guys are that exerted, like that they're that they're close to death, you know what I mean? And I hate the way that sounds because the last thing we want to see is somebody die in this cage. But right. I felt like those guys had exerted everything. I mean, every ounce of energy and toughness. And, you know, there was this moment at the end where the fight, the, the fight ended and they're both kind of, like, kneeling on the ground. You know, Malarkey's bloodied up. And they, and they both just kind of stop and stare at each other and, and, and in this, like, s- scary little haze for a minute. I mean, it's just it's – it's as tough as you can get, man. Those two dudes left it all out there.
1: When it gets to the end of the fight and they're both on their knees – and it's just like there's a moment left and they were just like I have to get one last shot in. I mean throwing punches from the knees. From the knees and it was just gruesome and I and I loved hearing him talking about the end. he's like I saw that moment and I thought I was just going to be able to finish him and uh you know it was like but god that dude was tough, you know. I mean like that is just that is what you want to 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 see when it, as a as a definition of like showing heart out there and giving uh-huh. it all and leaving it all. They easily could have just been like – I mean, they were driven to their knees and could have just been like, that's it. Let's let's just wait these last seconds. And then they chose to keep swinging and uh, showed a lot of heart and uh, malarkey. He could have easily dropped out at any point. He took so much damage and just showed so much heart. And uh, I would definitely be interested in watching his fights again. And, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> – that was a uh, that was pretty spectacular.
0: Was absolutely spectacular, yeah. man. That was a Megan Anderson kicked off uh, that section of the prelims with a submission win over Sarah Farron, who was uh, making her debut. A much needed win for Megan Anderson, right? Yeah. And uh, what an I mean, you could see the emotion pouring out of her. She got the uh, the submission win via triangle choke. I mean, basically, you know, we we think about her as a, as a striker, I guess, but I mean, she got into the clinch, she got the fight to the ground, she established mount, um, and I I, I thought. That she was kind of making a mistake and giving up the position, but as the, the 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 transition occurred, she was able to lock in that triangle choke and kind of cinch it up and, and get the finish. And uh, man, the emotion came pouring out. Of her she yelled. I think she was fighting back tears a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, she had been very open, not just with us, but, yeah. you know, with multiple outlets coming in about, you know, the the, the battle with kind of depression and anxiety and, 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 and the mental side of the game that she had to deal with uh, in the lead up to this fight. And so uh, a much, much needed win for her. And, uh, man, I, I guess the emotion continued backstage, yeah?
1: Yeah, I mean, she continued. I mean, it's... It's it's weird, you know, we think about it a lot of times. I mean, how I mean, how many of us haven't just went to YouTube and just like, "My god, look at the comments that people make about Ugh. just everything." Yep. And uh it's just real fucking trolls out there and uh I think anybody it's hard to not uh, you know, look at what somebody looks at at a piece of work you've done and you know, not feel like, "Oh, okay, yeah, maybe this video could have been better or maybe this story could have been better." But you know that one of the toughest things that I ever had when somebody judged me, uh, or I felt like I was being judged, is when I was a music uh, played in a band, because mm-hmm. it's just you, it's you and your your fellow bandmates pouring out your heart and soul into a song or into a performance. There's no. There's no sugar cone. When they say that song sucks, they say whatever. They're, they're in a sense, saying, you know, that portion of you sucks. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to not take that personal. So when she's reading a lot of comments and stuff about past performances and stuff, uh, she was taking it really to heart and was doubting uh, herself a lot over that. And uh, a lot of that doubt was holding her back. So part of the stuff that she's been addressing over time is just dealing with – This self-doubt and dealing with these things that she's dealt with in the past, personal issues that have uh, caused her to sort of not be as free to do... uh the performances that she wants so like when you like when you look at izzy and you see what he's able to go out there and do the dance walking and the other things this is a completely confident individual that has no doubt right. has no self-doubt <laughs> about anything that anybody's right. saying but then you look on uh the opposite side of it you know and you have megan that's that for a while now has felt that some of these comments and things that she's dealing with has sort of stifled her performances, but she's been working to get that in check and felt that this performance was one of those examples of what can happen when she has her mind and her body more in check Mm -hmm. and less doubt and less things going into it. And part of that is just by learning to tune out uh, all the negativity that that's easy to take out there, you know, and just like that same thing that we always say, I mean, it's just, don't read the fucking comments a lot of times, but it's hard to not. <laughs> it's hard I mean, not even to, even with even with Twitter and all that other stuff. I mean, unfortunately, the the great thing about them is they give you platforms to become. Uh, you know, you can spew on about whatever you want to spew, but unfortunately, the flip side of that allows a bunch of other people to spew their shit yep. that sends it right into your mailbox, yep. right into your face, and uh, uh, it's tough. It's tough to to have your. Uh, to be able to just, you know, shuck that stuff off. I mean, I yep. think we all can do a decent enough so job I can, to do I it. I can speak from experience. I take, I take it, it personal happens. sometimes, yeah. too. I take sometimes it personal sometimes, too. Sometimes it just sometimes sinks too. in. Yep. You know, so I can only imagine on the size of the platform that she's operating on the, the amount of comments and the amount of stuff that it would take in. So, I mean, she's Rural. only human. So, yeah, it was interesting. And she seemed like uh, she wanted to talk about that stuff and got a lot of that stuff off her chest. And uh, she seemed a lot happier and... Uh, just it was good, man. Um, that's cool. That's yeah, it cool. was very cool.
0: Speaking of all that online hate, that's that's why we're relaunching the Patreon dot com. Patreon dot com, the MMA Roadshow. Go join us over there. Help help support the show and let's build a fun little community over there where we don't have to have conversations with hate and dealing with those idiots on social media.
1: Well, right. you can pay a really lot and just talk super shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? If you pay enough, talk all the shit you want. I will read the shit that you say. Yeah, if you are willing to contribute to the show, I will take your feedback even if it's negative. Yes. Because you deserve it. You're paying for the right to have that opinion. Yes. Well, one of our
1: guys, uh I, I I won't throw his name out to embarrass me. He does really well when it comes to donating.
0: Oh, he's super nice. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. He's, he he, <laughs> he basically single-handedly funds the show. We appreciate him. Yeah, but we, we have we him.
1: have uh yeah again thank you all for uh for right. pitching in there. Patreon.com,
0: the <laughs> MMA road show help us out. All right, uh last two prelims real quick. G. Young Kim picked up a uh, second round TKO over Nadia Kessam. She looked good. Jiyeon Nadia looked good. Too. She looked really really good. And uh, the only thing I want to say here just uh man a, a terrible decision there uh, again uh, not to uh, <laughs> not to be spewed. Any hate towards a referee, uh, but a questionable decision there to pick up the mouthpiece uh, oh, yeah. in the middle of an exchange that I thought could have ended the fight. Fortunately, it did not impact uh, the outcome of the fight. Ji Young Kim. He didn't want
1: to hurt that pretty face. That's
0: <laughs> it, man. He, he stopped. It. I thought he stopped. Uh, basically, was what really was bad. an onslaught that could finish the fight to replace the mouthpiece. That is not what you should do. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ji Young Kim ended up picking up the win anyway. And Ji Young Kim uh, wants to fight in uh, South Korea in December and wants to fight Alexa Grasso in that fight. And was you know one what? Name
1: she said. Yeah.
0: Signed me up for that one I am okay be with that fight that would be good Khalid Taha picked up the submission <coughs> win over Bruno Silva Khalid Taha is a dangerous little dude at band I don't of weight
1: there was no reason why he never came back he just never came back
0: oh that's right yeah you guys never got a winner interview yeah. with him right so he never came the back. guy missed weight and didn't cut any weight he was, supposed he, to, he, was supposed
1: to, he was supposed to come back and they were like oh yeah we're working on it blah 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 and then all of a sudden we're like getting third fourth fighters after that and then, and then they just kind of just said whatever <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. All right, well, Khalid saw it. Because I man. wanted to ask him. I wanted to find out, like, what was the deal with it? I mean, you're one pound away, but shows, instead of taking the two hours, right? you know, I mean, was that a strategy or something that you just wanted to give that up? I mean, because one pound, you could do it. Right. You know, but, you know, Kim was in the same situation. She was even heavier, but I think she got to a point where she was like, no, you know, I got to yeah. stop, or it could affect her performance, you know. Could have been the same situation here, you know, it's like, but just say that, you know, yeah. like come back and fess up for it. You know, I mean, you were so close. You know, you 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 hate to always uh you just don't I mean it's it's a bad precedent to know that, you know, yeah, I can you could just miss weight. Pay a little bit extra, but then have an extra advantage over uh, an opponent that's been. It is interesting, right? Out.
0: First two fights tonight. First two, the two people that missed weight both win.
1: Both win, which tends to happen.
0: Does tend to happen. Bruno Silva, by the way, uh, again the Henry uh, Cejudo protege. He's actually a natural flyweight, so I think yeah. he's going to try to try to. He showed a lot of fight. heart.
1: He showed a lot of heart, man. But the other dude was just strong. Just strong man when he was when he was hitting him, man he was hurting him
0: that's it that's it well listen it was a fun card it was very much centered around the main event and uh deservedly so israel adesanya is a beast and uh they are going to be many many more special moments with him in the very near future i believe now we need to pack up we need to we need to get done i need some sleep a little bit of sleep head to the airport long journey home and then uh you and I will be in uh, Vegas next week. It seems like maybe we'll be covering a little PFL action. The uh, the young Mike Bond is heading down to Florida to handle the UFC event there. So uh, it is a very, very busy fight week. And, of course, we'll have a cover for you like we always do. In the meantime, we got to head home. So we'll just tell you all, thanks for listening.